Alright guys, what's going on? My name is Mateo. Welcome back to the channel. The sun is radiantly shining outside. It is a beautiful day, not a cloud in the sky. Makes me want to go back out there in nature, but we did that yesterday, so we have to be here at the desk at the reporting station to let you guys know about some pretty crazy things going on in the world right now. I've got to pump out like 20 videos today. It's got to be done because there's just a lot going on in the news that we have to get you guys on top of. And I thought about maybe putting some of this behind the paywall on Patreon. Again, guys, go on the Patreon, become a patron. But like this information needs to get out to the public. It needs to get out to everybody, so I can't put it back there. But I'm working on a DARE report right now that will hopefully be out sometime next week. Uh, we'll see what's going on with that. Doing some interesting research. But... There's some stuff here that is going to be useful for you to know. Uh, some of you have been asking me about central bank digital currencies, where we are on the timeline with that, and how that's going to be playing into other things that we're seeing. So uh, some things to be aware of before you dig into this video. Maybe go see that MasterCard video that we talked about. We're going to quickly run through that today how it is that they've been working to help central banks uh, develop digital currencies, the connections that they have, and how deep a lot of this stuff goes. So that'll be useful. Um, some of you guys heard the news today that China is again banning Bitcoin, is again banning cryptocurrencies. Um, and it looks like they took an extra step today that they haven't really been taking in the past. It, it looks like it's been a long time coming for this stuff. First, they banned exchanges, then they banned mining, and now they're banning all cryptocurrency payments. And a lot of this has to do with the rollout of their central bank digital currency, which again, we're going to get into today. But remember, before we get into this stuff, I'm going to ask that you like the video, share the content, well, after you watch it, right? And then uh, subscribe to the channel if you like what we talk about. So let's just get into the content. So the PBOC, and this is from Zero Hedge. says that all crypto-related transactions are illegal. They're gone. They're not allowed. You cannot have Bitcoin anymore. What use is it going to be? And remember, Bitcoin in China was in many cases used to evade capital controls. They don't like capital leaving their country. And they don't like gold leaving their country. They don't like you really leaving their country with any wealth at all. They want to keep it up in there because they have a lot of bubbles in there. And if you know, capital starts to fly out of the country, that could be risky to them, right? And they're just very authoritarian and communistic and they want full control. But yes, it looks like they're banning all crypto-related transactions. And then he says, so the digital yuan is a complete disaster, eh? Well, yeah, it is a complete disaster. And there are many other payment systems that are used in China, like Alipay and WeChat. You can use that as a payment system as well. And so that's why they've also been cracking down on them. They want everybody on the digital yuan. Now, why is that? Well, they're one of the first countries to roll out their central bank digital currency, mind you. Um, and they've been doing research on this stuff, as we're going to get to, since 2014. And according to some articles that we're going to read today, there's this propaganda campaign going on where it's just like, oh, well, everyone's using Bitcoin now. Everyone's into Ethereum. So we're just getting along with the times. And yeah, we want to be part of the hip new trend. So we're going to roll out our central bank digital currencies. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's going to be like Bitcoin. Not, but that's what they want you to think. And it's not going to be the case. It's not going to be the case. It's going to be much more authoritarian and... Not cool, based on what we're about to get into today, because it has artificial intelligence, it's going to be maybe linked to your social credit score, what you say online, and it's going to be interoperable with international tax codes, which are embedded into computer codes. So that's going to be crazy, but let's get into this here. This is from Kyle Bass. Kyle Bass is a great China analyst. He's been saying some things recently about Evergrande. He's concerned that... A lot of the contagion is spreading to Hong Kong and Chinese banks, which apparently have a lot of leverage to this stuff. And they have a lot of exposure to China's shadow banking system, uh, which has loaned a lot to the Chinese property development market. We're not going to get into that today, but he has some pretty good takes. I'd go give him a follow on Twitter. So let's start reading this. The Chinese, and remember guys, this is from April 9th, 2021. So this has been... Rolling out for some time now, the Chinese regime is using its new state-controlled digital currency as a Trojan horse against West, Western democracies, and the free world needs to outlaw it, warned hedge fund manager Kyle Bass. I think the digital RMB 
which is the Chinese currency, is the largest threat to the world as it exists today. Now, why would he say that? Uh, on Thursday, China hawkish state-run global outlet Global Times proudly proclaimed that Beijing has taken the lead in the race between governments to roll out their own sovereign digital currency, even its work on relevant standards and legal framework. The article boasted that the digital yuan will help challenge U.S. dollar hegemony or hegemony. China version, the China's version of the digital currency is controlled by its central bank, the People's Bank of China, the PBOC, which began doing research into the digital currency in 2014. So mind you guys, this has been going on for a while. I imagine they were doing research into that before that, because if you watch the Money Today show, and I know a lot of you came from the Money Today show, welcome, but the World Economic Forum and some of these other uh, globalist groups, they've been talking about crypto and they've been talking about blockchain going back to 2012. And, you know, interestingly enough, incidentally enough, that's when the Winklevoss twins got interested in Bitcoin, who now run Gemini, one of the largest centralized exchanges out there. That's when uh, Sievert, the guy in charge of the digital currency group, he got into Bitcoin. And we're, again, coming out with that video soon. I uh, know, I should just stop saying that and then come out with it when it's done. Because I've been saying that for weeks. But yeah, a lot of people got interested in Bitcoin back in 2012. Um, think of that what you will. But this has been on the radar for a while now. And we're going to get into this Council on Foreign Relations report, which is like, yeah, we've only just been thinking about this recently, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's cool. So we figure we're going to go along with the times, right? But it's a, it's a lie. Like a lot of the stuff going on behind the scenes in the rollout of this new blockchain new world order uh it's been going on for many many years and i think that we're going to be proven right and guys like the money today show are going to be proven right in saying that bitcoin and these private quote-unquote when really they're totally transparent and trackable cryptocurrencies have been used to condition the public into thinking crypto is cool and crypto is the future and yes let's use crypto that's like really awesome, futuristic, technological stuff that we need in our world because it democratizes information and stuff like this, right? Well, it could be that uh, it's co-opted, right? And we've talked about this in many videos before. Go check them out. In April last year, Beijing launched a pilot to test it in four cities. And so they're testing it now. Digital Yuan wallets. Two days later, the director general of the PBOC's Digital Currency Institute made a proposal on global rules for central bank digital currency uh, at the Switzerland-based Bank of International Settlements. And the Bank for International Settlements is like the central bank of central banks. They come out with most of the policy reports and most of the regulatory uh, suggestions for all the other central banks. So they're sort of like the, uh, the head of the snake, right? Uh, the BIS dubbed the central bank of central banks, right? Coordinates regulations for the financial sector. Currently, the PBOC is pushing to become the first central bank in the world to issue the CBDC. Right. Now, what's the threat here? Kyle Best says that the digital yuan poses a problem because of its built-in artificial intelligence technology. Again, guys, I need to make an update of this video. I just haven't had time. But go look at the tax, AI, and blockchain video that we did. And it lays out pretty clearly that artificial intelligence is going to be integrated into crypto and likely social credit and everything like that tax and some people are like how are they going to be able to surveil all this stuff aren't you going to run into information bottlenecks how are the people in power going to be able to adequately manage all this information that they're going to have access to right well they're going to use artificial intelligence and they're going to program into the artificial intelligence code um, certain patterns that can be recognized with certain activities that can then alert authorities to then make it easier for them to go after people which are not using the digital currency, maybe the way that they would like it to be used, right? And we'll get to this um, in another video. I don't think we're going to be able to get to it today, but there is a new bill out in Congress right now um, which aims to ban Bitcoin mixing. And if you haven't seen our Bitcoin mixing video, go check that out. We speculated in that video that, yeah, they're going to make this stuff illegal. And there was already somebody on the dark net by the name of Bitcoin Fog who ran a Bitcoin mixing service, and they found him. They looked through 10 years of Bitcoin blockchain data, and they found the dude, Bitcoin Fog. How could you find the Fog, right? But they did, and they arrested him. 
And so they can identify when somebody's using a mixer. And we talked about this with Arctic Mine. Go check out that interview where the coins that are going into this pool of liquidity, which is supposed to mix up and shuffle around these coins. Well, the coins that go in are largely the same coins that come out. And so there are certain algorithmic ways that you could identify when somebody's using a Bitcoin mixer. And if Bitcoin mixers become illegal to use, it could be that if you're using the Bitcoin mixer and you just want to wash out a few of your coins, but you throw more than a few of your coins in there so that you can mix it up and make it all clean, well, it could be that they all come out dirty, right? You actually get more dirty coins out of it than you get going into it because exchanges and different... um, you know, places that may track your coins, different uh, uh, blockchain forensics analytical companies, they may be able to see that and say, hey, no one can use these coins. We don't know what's going on over there. We flagged it. Looks like looks like they're doing sketchy stuff over there. And so they're working on banning that. They're actually working on banning privacy coins too. And we'll get to that again in another video. There's just so much to go through here. But they're going to use artificial intelligence to be able to identify when people are doing these things and raise red flags and then go after them. So that is worthy to note. Imagine if you imagine if you or I or anyone was forced to take digital RMB to trade or invest in China, which is probably one of China's future moves. They'll know where you spend your money, how much you have, and they'll know all of your proclivities. Right. And now, I don't know how many people are going to be investing in China now with everything going on with Evergrande because it looks like what they're doing is they're shafting uh, foreign investors and they're sort of bailing out the domestic investors. They want to prevent social collapse, right? And so they're going to help their own people first, which I imagine is not something we do so much here in the United States anymore, but they are still very nationalistic over there. And so they look after their own people first. But that doesn't mean that they don't want to have some kind of leverage over foreign investors who are investing in their nation, right? And so the more information they get on you, the better. But who knows who still wants to invest in China nowadays in this yield starve environment? Maybe they can still attract some people. Looks like they got a a lot of money from BlackRock, Blackstone, Goldman Sachs, HSBC. And so, you know, they're still able to bring it in. But if you have to use the digital RMB, that's going to come with risks, right? Moreover, if the Chinese Communist Party learns that its digital yuan users failed to toe the party line on sensitive issues, such as these issues here, the communist regime could lower these people's social credit score and take away their digital money. Yes, so exactly. It's going to be integrated into social credit. The Chinese regime enforces a social credit system which assigns each citizen a score of social trustworthiness. People can have points taken away from the social credit score by committing behaviors deemed undesirable by the party. Uh, Those with low social credit scores are deemed untrustworthy and thus deprived of access to services and opportunities. Now, we're seeing this in the United States right now, except... It's in the form of not having your medical procedure and not having your digital ID, right? And that's going to become ever more enforced, I imagine. That's already really rolling out in Europe. And I imagine this digital ID, which uh, is sort of like a derivative that supersedes the medical procedure because, you know, you need to have some evidence, I guess, which is tamper-proof that you got this medical procedure. And so they're going to attach onto that digital ID. We see this going on in Canada. And then they're going to integrate that digital ID into this stuff, into blockchain, into all that stuff, right? So that's what is coming. And they'll roll out social credit at some point in regards to all this stuff. Uh, They could be barred from traveling by plane, or attending schools, amongst other things. Oh no, you can't attend schools (laughs) in the United States. What a terrible thing. Critics have slammed the system as a violation of human rights. Right? We believe privacy is a human right. Monero first. That's what it's all about. While the social credit system is currently limited in mainland China, Bass said Beijing could implement a global social credit system, and foreign investors using the digital yuan would be at risk if they comment on issues that are taboo to the communist regime. And apparently they have a lot of hold over that already. You know, if you look at LeBron James, if you look at John Cena, some of these other uh, big men that a lot of people look up to who are really just serfs on the Chinese plantation, uh, they, if they get a word from China that they didn't say something right or one of their own people didn't say something right, because you remember that basketball coach, right, who came out in support of Hong Kong, and then you had LeBron James saying, 
hey, who are you to comment on foreign issues, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, America's racist. America's terrible, right? I mean, they're traitors to our country, but at the same time, like, they're not free good men to look up to because they have been compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. And so that's going to happen more and more with just everyday people, I guess, if you get exposure to this Chinese digital you want. You're going to have to toe their line, and that's assuming that you worship money more than you worship God, and you worship you know, your social status on this very satanic uh, uh, playing field more than you value your social status with God, right? But nevertheless, that is sort of what we're dealing with. And so... We could probably see this again in the States and in Europe when they roll out their own central bank digital currencies, which we're going to get to here in a bit. If you think he, the Chinese leader Xi Jinping, is a terrible ruler, all of a sudden your global social credit score gets whacked. And the Chinese can actually stop your ability to spend the money. Right, right. Money talks. Money talks. This, in a way, they can export their digital authoritarianism around the world and something that we must stop. Well, we may be able to stop it in China, but I don't know if we could stop it here in the United States and in Europe. Our whole goal is to do that. That's what Monero First is all about. Building our own digital systems and building our own uh, payment networks, which are outside of this Mark of the Beast system. That is what the Freedom Coin Covenant is all about. The ARC. Uh, yes. Bass calling the West to make a concerted effort to outlaw the digital yuan. Uh, ba, 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 it's a Trojan horse. Yeah, so I think that's right. I think that's right. Okay, so let's move on to the next article where we get to the news of the day. China officially bans crypto transactions. Yes. Yes. So since 2013, China has made, and this is from the street, by the way, if I didn't say that, from Luke Conway's. Thank you, Luke. Since 2013, China has made several attempts to hinder the acceleration of cryptocurrency. First, they banned banks in the country from using it. Then they banned crypto exchanges. And then they banned Bitcoin mining earlier this year. So it's been a progressive crackdown. And now China has moved to officially ban any crypto-related transactions by both businesses and its citizens. And again, you see a lot of people online. They're like, oh, how are they able to enforce this? Well, again, guys. Bitcoin is easily tracked and traceable, and it would not shock me in the least if China was working with uh, some of these groups like CypherTrace or Chainalysis or the dozen other. Well, actually, go remember our or go watch our DeFi hack video. If you guys remember that video from a few weeks ago where the Poly Network got hacked and that hacker was able to run off with a lot of Tether and Ethereum and these kinds of coins. Well, there was actually a Chinese-based blockchain forensics analytical company which had looked into that guy, and they were able to find his IP address, and they were able to find his email. And so it would not surprise me at all if China has their own army of digital forensics firms that are looking into the blockchain, and if Bitcoin is public and uh, excuse me, not private, and transparent, well, they're going to be able to figure a lot of that stuff out. And as we saw, and again, we're getting... We're going to get into this in another video. Uh, Wallet Explorer was used by CypherTrace to figure out people's IP addresses and link those IP addresses to people's wallets, right? And because China is a communist country, I imagine that, you know, the internet service providers are much more apt to share that information to the communist regime, and they're much more able to figure out who's using crypto and who isn't, who's using Bitcoin, who isn't, which is why we really need Havana to come out. We need the atomic swaps. We need Monero and Pirate Chain who are working on atomic swaps right now to succeed. The world rests on your shoulders, developers. Please, God, help them uh, work that out so that we could have human liberty and freedom in this crazy world of panopticonical, technocratic totalitarianism. But that is what's happening in China. And that is what's happening in the world. So, again, people kind of hand wave this stuff away, just as we saw with the new EU regulations. But remember, guys, Bitcoin, easily tracked and traced. It's not going to be that difficult to figure out who's using this stuff and who isn't. So, that said, let's continue. The language used within the document is of a serious tone and indicates the punishment may be severe for using cryptocurrency. Right, right. And they'll make examples of people and things like this. The translation of the document says that the bank 
and relevant agencies would severely crack down on illegal financial activities related to virtual currencies, which I guess is any activity related to virtual currencies, and that it would seriously investigate the legal responsibilities of related legal persons. Right. Right. And so, yeah, who knows if you get involved in a honey trap, right? Maybe you know somebody uh, who's like, yeah, we take Bitcoin, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And turns out they're working for the CCP. And so then trust breaks down. And wherever trust breaks down, because you have stuff like this come in, adoption phases die, and then uh, the network effects significantly decline. And so that is a huge risk, I think, to crypto that a lot of people don't really pay attention to. Right? And I'm curious as to how this affects Monero, because with Monero you have uh, view keys and spend keys, which can be... Uh, submitted for regulatory compliance, as we talked about again with Arctic Mine. And so who knows if that trust could be compromised? Because if you have view keys and spend keys, and one person decides that they want to opt into regulation, or they want to opt into reporting the transaction to somebody, well, how much is that going to incentivize people to use the currency if you ultimately are relying on a game theoretical situation? So just something that comes to my mind um, that's something else I want to ask Arctic Mine about that I didn't. I probably need to get him back on the show and discuss that. I'd be curious about that. In which case, you know, maybe cryptos that don't have private uh, or that don't have spend keys and view keys would become more popular. Um, right now, Monero is one of the most legally compliant coins on the market. That is true as of now. But if they really make a move, and I talked to Arctic Mine about this, or they just say, hey, we want to do away with these private cryptocurrencies, as we kind of looked at here. They want to criminalize the use of privacy coins and anonymizing services. And they call them anonymity enhanced convertible virtual currencies, which is just another, you know, very cryptic and scholastic way to say privacy coins, right? What if they make them illegal, right? They'll change the rules. So that's one concern I have. Now, if we have strong enough networks built up, then it's very unlikely that that is something which is going to be able to adequately take those networks out and suppress those networks. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe we could establish a culture. Well, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. But, yeah, we just need to work on building the network. So regulation like that um, maybe could be dissuaded from happening. And I'm not going to advocate the breaking of the law or the persuading of the breaking of the law or anything like that. But you guys kind of get what I'm saying, right? Okay, so let's continue. The document is signed by several government organizations, including Central Cyberspace Administration of the People's Bank of China. Many people are calling this FUD. Right. Others noted things China has also banned that have become ultra-successful. Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, Wikipedia, Netflix, Vimeo. Um, I personally don't know how successful they've been with these things, but maybe they have. Uh, Let's look at this guy's comment. I'm not familiar if they have been successful with this. Um, Maybe they have. Yeah, they made their own versions of this. WeChat and Tencent have their own versions, I think, of all this stuff. They have their own social media. So, yeah, just something interesting to consider. But now they have their own central bank digital currency. Oh, you don't need Bitcoin. We have our own currency, which is regulated. You can trust it more, right? So that could be that. And, guys, just consider this. Just remember this. I think this was John Maynard Keynes who said this, but he said that the inflation tax is only understood by like 1% of the population or something like that. Like nobody understands inflation. So with that being said, do people really understand the value proposition of Bitcoin versus central bank digital currencies? Like talking about the masses here. Because most people out there, I think if you were to talk to them and you were to ask them about Bitcoin, what makes it valuable, um, are they going to be able to give you a good answer? Are they properly educated on Austrian economics and why it is that having a limited supply is something which is valuable in today's environment? Because a lot of people don't know how the Fed, they don't know how the Fed works. They don't understand how the uh, current financial system is run. They don't understand fractional banking. And so when you tell them, yeah, like Bitcoin's limited at 
21 million coins. It's really awesome. Are they going to understand the value of that? Right? Because, you know, a lot of people don't even know that the Federal Reserve just prints, prints, prints money like crazy people. Like, they don't know that, which is shocking to people like you and me, I'm sure, who watch this channel. But it's true. And so if somebody says, hey, we're going to ban Bitcoin, it's really volatile. Uh, there's a lot of speculative trading. It's used in black market activity, you know, which it is. And it's Monero now. But uh, if they offer their own solution, their own central bank digital currency, how's that going to affect the network effects of a lot of these other cryptos? where people are probably in these things for the most part nowadays in this adoption phase for the gains, for the gains. And it's not for any philosophical underpinning, which is why I think it's important, guys, to not just talk about the gains when it comes to this stuff, but talk about the real value proposition, talk about why these things are really important in today's environment in avoiding a total dystopic takeover, right? That's what we're ultimately trying to do. Price and riches comes later. And I think as Doug Tooman said in a really concise uh, statement, he said, yeah, who wants to be a billionaire with, you know, a, an ankle bracelet which tracks everywhere you go and could be tracked by everybody, right? Because that's what's going to be the case if Bitcoin succeeds and everyone's rich off Bitcoin, but at the same time, everyone's able to track you, everyone's able to know what you're doing, right? Especially with governments like this becoming more powerful, it's not that attractive, Right. Monetary wealth isn't everything. So let's get to the central bank digital currency developments for today. Now, how long have we been going on for? 26 minutes. Not bad. Not bad. All right. So U.S. Congress quietly sneaks in crypto bill amendment authorizing central bank digital currency. This is from Wesley Thies of Decentralized Legal Systems. And guys, go check out his content. His content is just super key. I've been digging into all that here on his website. Uh, go read this article, The New U.S. Crypto Regulations, Far More Invasive Than We Thought. And he talks about uh, the new bill. I believe it's H.R. 4741. Yeah, the Digital Asset Market Infrastructure and Investor Protection Act. It's all about protecting you guys. Just remember that. It's all about making you safe. Anyways. Let's go read this real quick. The future of money is here. Will the Federal Reserve Board be authorized to use distributed ledger technology for the creation, distribution, and quote-unquote recordation of all transactions of a digital dollar? Remember that word, guys, recordation. Have you ever heard that word before? <laughs> I've never heard that word before. I think what it translates into is, yeah, we're going to monitor everything you do with your money, right? So just keep that in mind. On July 28, 2021, the new bill was introduced to the U.S. House of Representatives. This bill sponsored by Douglas Don Bayer. Go to hell, Don. Aims to regulate cryptocurrencies. Ah, uh, God bless Don. I don't mean that. You know, God will judge you. This bill is called the Digital Asset Market Structure Investor Protection Act. Uh, sets out new future rules for crypto. However, hidden in this bill, changes to the foundation of the dollar are proposed. And because nobody outside crypto, and frankly few inside crypto, actually read the bill or read the bill, these amendments have so far largely gone unnoticed. Yeah, so check this out. Cryptocurrencies have been making waves, uh, blah, 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 blah. Included in the digital asset bill, amendments to the Federal Reserve Act and the definition of legal tender are proposed. These amendments drastically expand the power of the Federal Reserve and change how money is created and distributed in the United States. The dollar and the Federal Reserve, instrumental in the creation of the U.S. dollar is the Federal Reserve, set up in 1913. Yes, we all know about the Federal Reserve. I think we do. Go check out uh, Edward Griffin's book, Creature from Jekyll Isle. It'll tell you all about that. And what's going on in crypto is very similar to what happened back in that time period, 100 years ago. Because if you'll recall, the Federal Reserve Act was rolled out as a way to rein in these banks, these corrupt banks who are just ripping off the people and everything like that. We need a central bank to watch over these corrupt banks so that we could protect the consumer, so that we could protect the investor, right? But, turns out, the Federal Reserve Act was written by the banksters. <laughs> and so, the Federal Reserve, which comprises of all the banksters now operating this cartel, uh, that is what ended up being the Federal Reserve, right? And so now in today's environment, we have the rollout of 
cryptocurrencies. A lot of people were convinced that this was very libertarian. This was something that was going to be used against the banks in order to uh, you know, circumvent the banks. We no longer need third parties. This is a peer-to-peer payment system, remember? Well, now MasterCard has 100 different patents for cryptos. Alibaba has many hundreds of patents for cryptos. Uh, look at the digital currency group and all the projects they're invested in, central bank digital currencies. So we're starting to see now how the legacy financial system of banks, of hedge funds, etc., are now going to be behind the new financial system of crypto. And yes, there are going to be third parties. Yes, there are going to be uh, surveillance firms tracking the blockchain and everything that you do, central bank digital currencies, right? And so this could have been a way to sort of psyop the population into thinking that crypto is cool, crypto is the future, crypto is our way to freedom, when really it was a 1984 Orwellian judo flip uh, to really get you sedated by the gains and embracing a new panopticonical financial system, which is going to track everything you do, all the payments that you make, and as we're about to get to, what you can and can't spend your money on because maybe they make the determination as to what is essential and what is not. Uh, Have you heard that before? Right. So we'll get to that here in a sec, but the original idea behind the Federal Reserve was for private bank deposits to be combined in a reserve. Yeah, emerging line of credit, and we're going to regulate the banks and stuff like that, right? What the Fed does, yeah, it, it talks about what the Fed does here, but let's talk about the central bank here. After looking at what the Fed is and isn't allowed to do, we can look at how their authority is to be expanded. Yeah. So I just wanted to read this real quick because maybe this was interesting to you guys. Go read this. And yes, yes, there is some good stuff here as to how the Fed prints money. They buy U.S. Treasury bonds with that. They don't just like flood into the economy, right? They buy Treasury bonds uh, and other collateral But yes, you can read that to learn a little bit more about the Fed if you don't. After looking at what the Fed is and isn't allowed to do, we can look at how their authority is to be expanded. Yeah, so this is from the bill. Uh, The Secretary of the Treasury, the issue and retirement of the Federal Reserve notes, both physical and digital, except for the cancellation and destruction, and accounting with respect to such cancellation and destruction of notes unfit for circulation. So what they're talking about here is potentially doing away with the old dollar and bringing in a new dollar. And this is something that I speculate is going to happen. And we speculated for quite a while this is going to happen on the channel. Look at the national coin shortage. Um, you know, I imagine Gresham's law is kicking in there because if you look at your average penny, well, your average penny is actually worth like maybe five or 10 pennies because of the increase in the copper price, the debasement of the value of the dollar. And so if you have base metals as part of your ever increasingly worthless currency, well, people are just going to start to keep that metal and use the digital money instead, you know, because you're losing money by using that and the coins really aren't worth what they're worth anymore. And so that's being phased out. And it could be that as we become more digital, and this has already been a trend, I believe that 90 to 95% of all the dollars in circulation now are digital. But if we go to a central bank digital currency, I imagine Perhaps 100% or 99% of all the dollars are going to be digital. And so if you're trying to get access to maybe markets which are not part of the regulated system, uh, part of the regulated economy, maybe you want to get exposure to alternative markets, uh, black markets, whatever, well, you're not going to be able to use a central bank digital currency. You're probably not going to have the cash available to engage in that market. So what are you going to use? Well, you're going to use Monero. You're going to use these uh, freedom coins that we talked about here on the channel. Right. So, and it says here, and to prescribe rules and regulations, including appropriate technology, under which such notes may be delivered to the Secretary of the Treasury of the Federal Reserve, agents applying therefore. According to the Digital Asset Bill, Federal Reserve notes will in the future also be issued digitally. Right. The Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System is authorized to issue digital versions of Federal Reserve notes in addition to current physical Federal Reserve notes. Now, we'll see how many of those notes are actually going to be physical. I 
I think that many won't be physical. Most of it will be digital because they have more of an interest in keeping people part of the regulated market. And they know that if people use cash, there's already a war on cash going on. And who knows how crazy this fear about the bug is going to get and how long it's going to continue for. Uh, People seem to still be freaked out about this, which shocks me. But uh, it could be that, yeah, it's much more safe to use digital currency instead of paper money because paper money could be a vector for the bug to spread, right? They could make that argument. I think in China, they they were literally burning cash (laughs) when the bug started to take off. And so maybe that's going to become, you know, part of the shtick, right? But here, further... The Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System, after consultation with the Secretary of the Treasury, is authorized to use distributed ledger technology for the creation, distribution, and recordation of all transactions involving digital Federal Reserve notes. Recordation. Interesting word. Interesting word. So let's see what he has to say about this. As we saw, the Federal Reserve does not have the power to create dollars directly. It seems like this power is now to be granted to them. Given that these new reserve notes are digital, this strangely merges two distinct forms of money as well. Next, we saw that the distribution of dollars was done through member banks. It isn't clear if this remains the case. Right, and this is why maybe there's some holdup with this, because the banks are going to be like, okay, well, what's our role in this? Uh, If we're no longer going to be the ones issuing the liquidity on the behalf of the Fed to the market in the form of loans, well, uh, what role are we going to play? Right? Because there was speculation I read about before I even made this channel. I think this was like a year ago, but um, Federal Reserve Board members from, I believe, the New York Fed were talking about how they're going to give the citizenry something called in, like recession insurance bonds. Because remember, credit is created into the system and it's a liability. In order for that uh, credit to be introduced into the system, it has to be used to purchase an asset in exchange. And that's what happens with the creation of the money. They buy mortgage-backed securities. They buy U.S. Treasury bonds and notes. And so that's how the credit gets introduced to the system. It buys assets to collateralize that debt, which is introduced. And so what they talked about doing was giving the citizenry a recession insurance bonds. And so with that being given by the federal government, this could be which allows these citizens to uh, trade those recession insurance bonds to the Fed for Federal Reserve notes on the digital ledger. Now, I don't know how that's going to work, but that, for the most part, bypasses banks, right? You don't have the banks getting in on that stuff. And so it's an interesting conversation to have as to their role in this. But Back to the article, it clearly says that these digital dollars can be issued in addition to current Federal Reserve notes. There is nothing, at least not in this law, preventing the Federal Reserve from taking a more centralized and direct role in distributing the digital dollar, perhaps during the next emergency. Right. And I think this is the case. Uh, If you guys follow me on Twitter, I made this tweet and I said that I suspect that the next time that there is an emergency and stimulus needs to be issued, and remember, the Camel has got its nose under the tent. Uh, You know, the foot has gotten through the door, however you want to put it, for stimulus, for universal basic income, which was years ago with Andrew Yang considered like totally ludicrous. Just like, okay, dude, like you you need to go read an economics textbook and understand how this stuff works. That's crazy. But now it's been normalized. Now it's been normalized, public getting free money. And so I imagine what's going to happen, and this is going to be very similar to what we saw with the Stabby, The public is, again, going to be bribed into this, as you could make the case the public has been bribed over the last 10 years with gains in cryptocurrency, to accept this new uh, digital centralized financial system. Hey, make a Federal Reserve wallet, and then we'll give you your stimulus check. And that's how you're going to be allotted your stimulus payment, right? And so you're going to be given that free money on the behalf of the Fed if you integrate yourself into the system. And I imagine when you do that, they're going to ask for a whole bunch of KYC stuff. Uh, they're going to ask for all the information that they could get on you. And then you're going to be on the grid, right? And so people will be bought into this as a result of the next emergency. Just speculation, but I think that's highly likely. Back to the article. And finally, the Federal Reserve Board is to be authorized to create and distribute a ledger-based digital dollar that could be used for everyday transactions. 
There are a few technologies one could imagine, but let us for now assume this will be blockchain. Blockchains are great for recording transactions. It is what they do. Right. Correct. Perhaps that is why the Federal Reserve would be authorized to do so. However, it is a bit hard to imagine that such a centralized structure would not lead to monitoring of all transactions. And what about privacy? What about security? <laughs> and I think I saw some article, I think it was from the Coindesk, where they're talking about how Ripple is working with central banks now. And remember, Ripple is backed by the central bank, uh, or excuse me, the digital currency group. Ripple is very much a central banker's cryptocurrency. And so they were talking about how Ripple is going to be working with central banks to establish uh, central bank digital currency technologies, and they'll work on making it private, and they'll work on making it secure and all this stuff, right? And it's just like, yeah, totally. Central bank digital currencies, Ripple, totally private, dude. We can trust you guys. Not a uh, possible outcome. The Fed, back to the article, is currently not as powerful as it wants the market to believe. The Federal Reserve Act restricts a lot of its actions. Well, look, last year, they were literally in the market buying corporate bonds during the crisis. And next time around, they're probably going to buy stock ETFs, just like they do in Japan. I imagine that is what's coming next. But yeah, they're making their move. They're making their move. So let's go here because there are some interesting insights that we can get from this article. There's some forebodings that we could glean from this. This is from The Telegraph. This is written back in June. Slipped under my radar, but good time to talk about it, given everything going on. Bank of England tells ministers to intervene on digital currency programming. Yes. So the Bank of England has called on ministers to decide whether a central bank digital currency should be programmable, ultimately giving the issuer control over how it is spent by the recipient. Booyah! Key point. That's what they're going to do. They're going to tell you what you can spend your money on. And I imagine... Because we're in this deflationary age, they're going to give you a time limit on how long you have to spend that currency. So they want to get money velocity up. I imagine when they grant stimulus, they want to make sure that you're spending it on things which are associated with stimulus. And that's going to be the argument, right? Like we want to make sure that when we help people, we're actually helping them. We don't want these people to spend their uh free money, which is supposed to be used for food and things to help their families on things which aren't uh, associated with that. So we're going to track your payments so that we're going to monitor everything that you spend your money on. We're going to determine what you can spend your money on. So that's going to come and they're going to make the sales pitch as to why that is good. Uh, Tom Mutton, a director at the Bank of England, said during a conference on Monday that programming could become a key feature of any central bank digital currency in the future in which the money would be programmed to be released only when something happened. I don't know, that's vague. I'm not sure what that means. What is something, right? You could introduce programmability. What happens if one of the participants in a transaction puts a restriction on the future use of money? This guy sounds... Okay, well, no. Reserve judgment. There could be some socially beneficial outcomes from that, preventing activity, which is seen to be socially harmful in some way. Okay, well, there you go. There you go. We don't want our people to be spending this money on uh, substances which are bad for them. Or uh, we don't want them to be spending money at uh, maybe people who have wrong think. People who uh, pose a threat to uh, the social niceties of our culture, right? People who promote hate, you know, things like this, right? That could be coming. Maybe... You can't accept the Federal Reserve central bank digital currency or whatever central bank digital currency if you are determined by the authorities, and PayPal's already working with the ADL, we've talked about this in past videos, to be uh, deemed a threat to the public health because of maybe things that you say. I mean, how crazy could this get, guys? Just speculating with you. They could cut you off of this new financial system that they're coming out with, and there have already been steps to make that happen, right? So... Just consider this stuff. But at the same time, it could also be a restriction on people's freedoms. Well, duh, right? He warned that governments would be required to intervene and make the final decision. That's not comforting. Uh, that's for governments to lead on. Yeah, you do that. You let that happen. A digital currency can make payments faster, cheaper, and safer, but also open up 
opens up new technological possibilities, including programming, effectively allowing a party in a transaction such as the state or an employer to control how the money is spent by the recipient. Right. Correct, correct, correct. One potential use could be control over benefits payments. Right. So stimulus payments, uh, food stamps, I imagine, are going to play into this uh, where you can only spend it on food. You can't trade it outside of, uh, you know, Walmart or something like this. And, you know, Walmart's very much in deep with this stuff. So I imagine the corporations are going to make some deals with the Fed uh, where they say, hey, uh, make it so that they can only shop at our stores. And you have to be an accredited shop at the Federal Reserve. You have to be an accredited shop at the government to be able to receive the Federal Reserve Central Bank Digital Currency or whatever Central Bank Digital Currency, right? You have to be deemed to be a safe place to do business, which I guess probably means in the future uh, you enforce the digital ID. You enforce people having their passport. You enforce uh, people coming into your store who are not a threat to the public health or something like this, right? Based on what it is, maybe they say even. So consider this stuff, guys. Consider it. She compared a program digital currency to the U.S. system of paying benefits and vouchers as it could have a similar goal of restricting the recipient to buying only essentials such as food with the money. Right. Exactly. You could think of smart contracts in which the money would be programmed to be released only if something happened. Interesting, interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. You could think of giving your children pocket money. Oh, yes. Think of the children. We need tyranny. Think of the children. But programming the money so that it could be used for sweets. (laughs) Okay. We're doing it for the children. We want to protect our children. So you can only use it to buy Skittles and Kit Kats. (laughs) You love it. You can only buy... Things which are going to destroy your teeth and destroy your body, right? This is a whole range of things that money could do. Programmable money, which we cannot do with the current technology. MSN.com. MSN.com. Okay. Um, yep, yep, yep. So that's coming. And so something to note. CBN, the central bank digital currency is rolling out in Nigeria. So more third world countries are taking on uh, digital currencies. And I think that El Salvador is being a test case for this stuff. And we saw as a result of El Salvador adopting Bitcoin, its neighboring countries um, were adopting their own central bank digital currencies. So yes, this is coming for all the world's central banks, it looks like. Um Yeah, so you could read this article. CBDC would contribute to macroeconomic growth. Uh, If more people adopt the E-Naira or something like that, it would enhance more data to formulate macroeconomic policies. Yeah, so more arguments for this stuff. Kind of like how uh, you go to a store and they have like those barcodes. And when they scan those barcodes, that sends information to the accountants as to what the status is for inventory, uh, how quickly they need to restock on certain things. It could be that they make the argument that we need central bank digital currencies. We need to track what everyone's spending their money on so that we know uh, how it is our nation spending the money, what policies we need to put in place to prevent people from buying certain things and to encourage people to buy other things, right? That could be the argument that comes. She said the CBN has partnered with a lot of experts in digital currency technology providers, such as MasterCard. Wow, where have we heard that before? Where have we heard that before, right? So MasterCard again getting in on the central bank digital currency game. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. It should be known that there are significant differences between CBDCs and cryptocurrencies. Well, we all know that here on this channel, don't we? Cool. So, yep. Something to take note of. Fed chair says central bank evaluating digital currency. And I remember Jay Powell coming out, I think a few months ago, and he was uh, talking with the public because he's one of us, guys. He's just one of us running the most powerful institution on earth. And he wants to get your opinion, guys, on 
how it is that he could and his team establish the central bank digital currency and mold it for your interests. How could we make how could we make our central bank digital currency convenient for you? How could we make your life easier with our tyrannical panopticonical 1984 financial system, right? That's sort of what he was doing. We know where this is going, though. They're going to do what they want. U.S. Federal Reserve said Wednesday it is continuing to evaluate the creation of a central bank digital currency. I imagine what they're doing now is they're looking at, you know, countries like Nigeria and other third world countries, which are going to be rolling out, you know, either Bitcoin as a uh, legal tender option or the central bank digital currency. And then they want to sort of adapt accordingly based on what they see there. Um, Again, the third world is a big scientific experiment for these guys. They want to see how it works out there, I imagine. And remember, they're going to talk about stable coins here. In the new bill that we talked about earlier, they are uh, banning the use of stable coins. Beginning on the date of the enacted of the enactment of this section, no person may issue, use, or permit to be used a digital asset fiat-based stablecoin that is not approved by the Secretary of the Treasury. Right. Exactly. So that could be coming down. And our friends are at Haven are working on a private uh, digital stablecoin. And so given that they're pretty much the only ones in the market other than Oxen who are working on private stablecoins, uh, that could be big. That could be really huge. You know, could be that a lot of private traders who are using anonymous cryptocurrencies, who are using Trade Ogre, right? They get a lot of exposure to uh, private stable coins because you're not going to want to cash out your cryptos and then go into CBDCs, especially with everything coming out the IRS, monitoring people's bank accounts who have over $600, right? I mean, it, you're going to want to trade and get exposure to. Uh, stable coins, if there's market volatility, that don't have the regulatory overhead, the tax payments that you're going to have to make. And again, pay all your taxes. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm just saying that this is what's going to be on the mind for any, uh, many traders and many people throughout the world who want to trade crypto and continue to make money in this market, which is 24-7, which is very free market oriented. And they're going to want to cash out their crypto into maybe something like a digital US dollar, digital euro, digital yen, all of these things which Haven is working on. So go check out that project. It's pretty interesting. But Powell said, we think it's really important that the central bank maintain a stable currency and payment system for the public's benefit. All right, it's all for your benefit, guys. We also live in a time of transformational innovation around digital payments, and we need to make sure that the Fed is able to continue to deliver to the public a stable, trustworthy currency and payment system. Yes, we all trust this uh, currency, which is inflating at a rate of 15% per year, which they're printing $120 billion of every single month to buy mortgage-backed securities and treasuries. Yes, sounds totally stable, right? Uh, The nation's central bank said in May 2021 it would be conducting a deeper examination into a potential government-backed digital currency or virtual versions of a nation's fiat currency i.e. the U.S. dollar. A report on the CBDC, stablecoins and cryptocurrencies, was expected in September, and I guess that's coming out soon. So, yeah. Right, right, right. You could read into this stuff if you would like. Yeah, so they're working with MIT. Remember, MIT is behind Algorand. They came up with the Algorand project, which has been definitely gaining ground over the last few weeks. And we did a video on that. We talked about that in our Actually Urgent. They're rolling out the new economic system. New parallel economic systems must be deployed, i.e. we have to use Monero more. We have to use Haven more. We have to use these other uh, freedom coins in the Freedom Coin Covenant in order to liberate us from this crazy, satanic, Mark of the Beast system that they're coming out with, right? But... Algorand, I mean, they're all about digital ID. They're all about linking your digital ID to crypto. And they have worked on, I believe, we talked about this in the video, they're working on and have successfully implemented, actually, in some countries, uh, stabby passports 
for the bug, right? So if you get uh, your stabby, uh, Algorand could supply for you the passport you need to travel to different countries, and it's going to be based on the blockchain and everything like that. So again, we see MIT involved in some nefarious things, just like MasterCard, right? Differing options. Yeah, so crypto regulation, we've talked a little bit about that. Regulatory concerns around digital currencies are not exclusive to the Federal Reserve. CBDC proponents, proponents, right? Say a designated legal tender could help avoid risk asset or risks, excuse me, associated with the otherwise decentralized cryptocurrencies. So I imagine what is going to be a harbinger, a precursor to the rollout of these central bank digital currencies is a huge crypto crash. I think that the Federal Reserve and the people in power are well aware of the people who have a lot of Bitcoin. They know who the wells are and Bitcoin leads the market. So I'm getting speculative. I'm getting theoretical here, but I imagine once they're ready to roll out the CBDCs, once they're ready to roll out the cryptos uh, that are run by the central banks, they are going to initiate a crash in cryptos. They are going to break the technicals. They're going to you know, sink everything under the moving averages. And we sort of saw this, right, with the rollout of Bitcoin in El Salvador. Uh, as soon as that happened, I mean, Bitcoin went from like $52,000 down to forty-five. There's a huge crash. The IMF, the World Bank, came out with reports saying that, oh, you guys could be cut off from a lot of the financial help that we could provide for you, and we certainly don't recommend this plan of action that you guys are taking, blah, blah, blah. They spread a bunch of FUD. And who knows, maybe they have people on the inside who own a lot of crypto for when the day comes that they want to roll out crypto from the central bank. They say, execute on a 66, and then they just dump it on the market. All that we can sell. And then they come out and they say, hey, so uh, it looks like because of the volatility in the markets, because of the risks that this now poses to the global financial system, because again, you have like, you know, $2 trillion now in this stuff. And if that value gets cut in half, I mean, Evergrande was a big problem because they had $300 billion in liabilities owed to banks, owed to suppliers, owed to people who bought their wealth management projects and everything like this, right? Local governments even. And so, a trillion dollars being wiped off market cap, which is not hard to think about when it comes to crypto. Uh, well, that could start many dominoes. That could you know, cause another crypto winter, quote unquote. Except this time, they'll have their solution. Problem, reaction, solution. They'll have their solution. We are rolling out a more stable, a more secure central bank digital currency, which maintains its value. You don't have to worry about the volatility. We will make sure that this crypto could be used for everybody, and you're going to get all the benefits you can get from Bitcoin. It's going to be a store of value. It's going to be an optimal medium of exchange, except we are going to protect you, the investor, from these 50% crashes that happen, which threaten the financial stability of millions of our own citizens. That's exactly how they're going to say it, right? And so I imagine, I imagine just getting theoretical, that is going to be their move that they make. So keep a lookout for that. Remember to remain hedged. Uh, me personally, I think some backup gold and silver isn't a bad idea. Some back out cash in case you could buy the dip on whatever happens there is a good idea. So you could look into that. And lastly, let's just look at this Council on Foreign Relations article. Um, and we talked about the CFR in our MasterCard video. A lot of people on the MasterCard board, on the MasterCard Foundation, are part of the Council on Foreign Relations. Very powerful group. And so, uh, yes, this is interesting. What are governments doing about this? Many governments initially took a hands-off approach to cryptocurrencies, but the rapid ascent in evolution coupled with the rise of DeFi has forced regulators to begin crafting rules for the emerging sector, a process that could take years. Regulations vary widely around the world with some governments embracing cryptocurrencies and banning others or others banning them outright. Uh, so they don't want to stifle innovation, but they want to regulate it. Gary Gensler has called the cryptocurrency sector Wild West and urged Congress to give the SEC greater powers to regulate it, right? And we have to see how the Ripple uh, cases turn out because that could be a precedent that uh, is set for a lot of cryptos out there to maybe be considered 
securities. And if that happens, that comes with a lot of regulatory overhead. That's going to make it difficult for a lot of people maybe to get access to those coins. Uh, and it may lead to more KYC for exchanges, right? More reporting. To limit activities, authorities have targeted the exchanges, exactly, that allow users to convert cryptocurrencies to dollars or other national currencies. Under pressure from regulators, major exchanges, including Coinbase, Binance, and Gemini, adhere to the New York customer or AML laws. Now, there's something here. Okay, so yeah, here we go. In an effort to assert sovereignty, many central banks, including the Federal Reserve, are considering introducing their own digital cash, known as central bank digital currencies. For proponents, CBDC promises the speed and other benefits of cryptocurrency without the associated risks, like we talked about earlier. It's going to be safer for you. Dozens of countries, together representing more than 90% of the global economy, are exploring CBDCs. Yes, so this is going to be uh, worldwide. Experts say uh, interest in CBDCs intensified in 2019 when Facebook announced it would create its own digital currency called the Libra, potentially offering a new payment option for its more than 2 billion users. They've scaled back the project, renamed it DM. And again, go check out the Money Today show. He's done a lot of great work on this. Um, Jim Brer was an earlier investor in Facebook. Jim Brer is behind US Dollar Coin and has associations with Tether and the Linux Foundation uh, and different nefarious groups. I think he also associates uh, Facebook with CoQtel or InQtel, which is a CIA firm which works on uh, advanced technologies. They are involved with this. So just some interesting stuff to look into. He could go into detail better than I could about that. Uh, China has been moving that way. Right. So they say other, they say in the article and other places that because of the increase of the interest in crypto, uh, now central banks are working on that. You could read this article to figure it out. I don't want to spend the time to look for it. But uh, yes, that is something that is part of the narrative. That, uh, oh, these things are novel, and so central banks are going to be working on their own responses to that to go along with the times. So even though we saw China working on this stuff ever since 2014, they've known about this stuff at the World Economic Forum and other uh, institutions ever since 2012. So, yeah, again, this has been something long in the making. So that's it for this video. There's so much more I need to get to today in regards to content I need to get out to you guys. But, um, yeah, that's that's about it. Um, they're rolling it out. It's coming, guys. Get prepared for this stuff. It's going to be a doozy. And I think that we need to grow the sector here in the Freedom Coin Covenant. We need to get the word out about this more. You need to talk to your business partners. You need to talk to your family. You need to talk to your friends about using these coins for everyday payments. The more that we increase volume for this stuff, the more that we increase the anonymity set, the more that we increase the hype to use this stuff, not only for your particular privacy. Again, I don't think that's the great way to market these coins. Privacy is important. Don't get me wrong. But if we make the case that, yes, having our own economic system, which is run on a crypto, on a money, which can't be tracked or traced, which is information leak resistant, I guess you could say, which means that you can't have third parties like uh, forensics analytical groups, which work with banks, which work with exchanges, which, which work with the government, right? On uh, judging you or going after you for certain payments that you're making, right? So like all that, you can make the case that this is going to bring us freedom, that this is going to bring us a new world that can overcome this mark of the beast system, which is now being rolled out. So tell your friends about this stuff, get them on the cake wallet, get them onto uh, these other programs, which support um, this movement for freedom and watch our other videos, guys. We have a lot of good content here on this channel, which can educate you about the freedom coins. Check our, check out our interviews that we do with Arctic mind about Monero, Drake about pirate chain, uh, 
Hawk from the Haven community. We talk about Haven a little bit there. A lot of good educational stuff here on this channel. Go check it out. Get up to date and understand how important this Monero First and this Freedom Queen Covenant movement is. Uh, we need this to succeed really badly, and we don't have too much time. We have probably about a couple years before the clamps really come down on this stuff, and so we need to build these networks as quickly as possible. We need the consciousness to be raised. We need people to stop you know, freaking out about the gains and being degenerate about that stuff and just say, hey, let's all team together and realize that we're under attack by Satan, right? Let's get right with Christ. Let's get right with crypto, into the right cryptos, and let's make a beautiful brand new world. That is not a brave new world, but is a courageous, virtuous, God-loving world. So that's all I have to say. Monero Mateo, love you guys a lot. Uh, check out our social media links below, Odyssey especially. We're updating that. I don't know when it's going to be ready. Hopefully by Monday next week. Uh, the channel on YouTube will be synced with Odyssey, so our, our videos could just be uploaded automatically over there, which would be great. Um, Go check out us on Telegram. We have some pretty base takes on Telegram for the based guys out there, for the uh, guys who love our culture and who love our civilization and history. We post more of that stuff over there. And then, of course, Twitter, Gab, and Patreon. Please become a patron, guys. I need more patrons. You will get stickers. Uh, you can request from me any video that you want me to do. If you're interested in a particular subject, I will look into it. I'll make a video response for you. And I'm going to be putting more reports and articles up on there as soon as I find the time and I get through everything that I need to warn the public about. So with that being said, guys, also donate to the addresses below. I have different cryptos that you could donate to. I would really appreciate it. God bless you. That said, more videos coming. I have like probably a gazillion other videos to get to today. Stay tuned for that. And yes, like, share, subscribe. Mateo. Love you long time. Bye-bye.